Hey, Stevie. Mate. How are you doing? Game okay? Not bad. What's happening? Same, same. Just Good. Usual. Good. I've just, uh, I'm croaky as anything. I've just literally finished teaching. Okay. Uh, which so is really difficult over Zoom, try to, try to shout. Uh, How's things with you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, good. Is it? Are you on a laptop at the moment? Yes. Even, even if you just maybe, is it possible to sit it on your lap just to bring the mic a wee bit closer? How's that? Yeah, good man. Just uh, Stevie's always very uh, thoughtful and quietly spoken, but for this, I, I need you just to just to shout a wee bit. What's the I was actually listening back to a couple of the podcasts, uh, one which we've just launched actually last night, and I always, I've got into this habit of starting the podcast by saying, what's happening? So, what's happening, Stevie? No, oh, well, um, all I'm doing is, I'm doing a wee bit of work during the day, uh, during the week, I'm um, delivering meals, um, since lunch, so then I'm PTing at the back door, Really see some some of the pictures I put up, um, and working I'm doing a lot of work in the gym, obviously. Um, so just just to timestamp this again, uh, as I've been doing, we're the first couple of podcasts we've done. I actually said we're we're halfway through the we're halfway through the COVID nineteen <laughs> pandemic. Uh, I think we can move that on a wee bit. So. We're, we're nearing the end of, fingers crossed, we're nearing the end of the pandemic now. Uh, no, I, I, no, I don't think we are. I don't, I, I don't think we're halfway through it yet. Uh, we may be halfway through the, through the lockdown, but you're still going to have COVID at Christmas. Indeed. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so... Sorry for ruining your, your, your Christmas, but... Um, no, we, I know. We'll be kicking about. We'll, we'll, probably, we'll probably get to this, because... Uh, uh, We'll probably get to just the, the relationship that that you and I have, and probably what, what you have with, with, with a, a lot of a lot of the people in your life. That I, I'm hoping that your character comes across in this, and your sense of humour <laughs> and stuff. But uh, I know at least we can have a giggle about me being uh, the the only Muslim in the room worried about his Christmas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Steve are, are, aren't our best at the political correctness sometimes. Right. Okay. So. Obviously, I know you well. Uh, some of the listeners will know you well. But the first thing to do, uh, without being too humble as you usually are, just give us a wee breakdown of who Stephen is, but as uh, just a wee bit of your history uh, involving the tie boxing and the gyms that you've had over the years and, and, and stuff like that, if you can. Uh, um, I shall make this as terse as, as I reasonably can. Um, Again, Thai boxing it was kickboxing um, uh, when I was just after turned 19. Um, I had an interesting uh, entrance in, uh, no interest in martial arts at all. I started running and couldn't, had no idea how to warm up. So there's a guy at a kickboxing club at the end of the street in a church hall and uh, I went up. Because you get uh, the first night is free, so I was like, I'll go up here and learn how to stretch. Yep. And, um, just the first night I nearly hit the pads, I just went, yeah, it's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, been doing it ever since. I um, <coughs> trained for years, 
off and on. And then my coach, he went to Canada. And uh, me and another guy get left with the, the, the club. Um, he kind of buggered off with the, the money and the equipment and I was left. Okay. Um, so, not right, okay. So, it's sort of young and quite into it. Bought some pads, uh, got some sort of hand drawn leaflets printed, and started off in Holy Cross High School around about 96, two nights a week. Um, and just built to there. Then we moved into a, a gym across the road, all the Cluskies gym behind ML3. Um, that was an absolute dump, but oh, it, was, it was really good. It was good. And that moved. was your first, that was yours, was it? That was as in like your first. Well, it wasn't mine. I rented it off a guy. Right, right. Um, um, and we put and we raised a lot of fundraising. We threw like, a good bit of money into making it, you know, serviceable, and workable, and a lot yeah. of it was painting, getting mats and stuff in. Um, done that. Then we moved from there up to across from uh, Hamilton West Train Station. Yep. We were in there for a few years, but again, it was the same guy, landlord, but it was kind of, I was doing all the maintenance, and uh, he he really wasn't doing much, he was, he was left about our state, um, and then he was threatened to up the rent and cut our hours because there was a, a football club wanted in and stuff, and so the, the boxing coach was in similar predicament, so we kind of got together and started looking for we were both looking for premises and it just yep. came up in conversation one day and like so we decided to join <coughs> you know together. Um so I had a look about found um the the in the Mayhem gym and uh with a good talk to the landlord it was quite open to the things that we wanted to do because if you go through my Facebook you find new gun photographs you'll see what we moved into and what we made it. I mean, there was yeah. a, lot, a lot of money, a lot of work into that. It took about two, two months um, to get, you know, from getting the keys to open the door. Mm -hmm. Then we got to and moved in the 1st of December type thing. So we got that in and we just built it and, and, and built it there. And always, like, every year we'd you know, do that and we have paint and a bit of maintenance or you know, new, new equipment and some, some stuff just now. Um, and just trying to build an, uh, a place where people can train in a, an environment that's not really judgmental, that accepts everybody for the, um, you know, who they are. <laughs> my my, my uh, ethos is like, um, I don't care who you are, I hate everyone. <laughs> I teach, I teach, every, I treat everyone with equal contempt. Um, but try to make it a friendly place and, yeah. and have a laugh. But, Train hard, um, so I, I think so far been reasonably successful with that. I remember. Uh, I actually still. We'll, 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 we'll probably get on to us starting to to, to rent our space, which obviously our Taekwondo school hires some of the space off you on a Saturday morning and stuff. Uh, but my first memory of you, and again, I've it's what I'm hoping to do with the podcast is to get. People who I, whose company I enjoy and who I respect and admire, and you kind of fall into all those categories uh, without blowing smoke, uh, and just have them on the podcast just to have a chat, really, uh, and then hope that people enjoy it. So there's there's never going to be any 
or I hope there won't be any sort of times when I need to write down questions and stuff. So our relationship sort of built up over the years, but I always remember that the first time uh, meeting you was when myself and a couple of my students for, for like the Taekwondo school were going to one of your fight nights. And I, I couldn't put a year on this, but I always remember you actually coming up to our class to drop the tickets off, which, yeah, listen, it wasn't that big a deal, just you being a nice guy. But now when you always get that, you, you get a feeling off of somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, as I say, that was the that was the first time I'd obviously mm-hmm. uh, met you. And it was just, uh, sometimes I make terrible judgments, but most of the time I don't. And, and I just kind of thought to myself, yeah, he, he's a nice guy type thing. Uh, and then obviously, years later, I couldn't even tell you how many years later. Well, we, we, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, was then starting to hire hire the space for you. So, how I've just started taking me notes here as far as going back to sort of nineteen ninety six. But you've pretty much been coaching all the way through since then. Yeah. And and, and Thai boxing. I started. I started my first kickboxing class was um it was the first Friday in July in nineteen eighty six. Oh, okay. That was the first time I tapped pads. See, one of the things just to sort of go straight into actually, you're making the differentiation there between kickboxing and tie boxing. When when and why did you move? Or or how how did that how did that Progress from. I, I, I trained my guy. This guy, it, it was. You ever hear him talk about like the golden days of Thai boxing being the eighties or something? Oh, rubbish, right? Nobody knew what they were doing. Very few people knew. Very few people knew what they were doing. The, the guy who taught me um, had been turning up and down with, to train with Master Skin. Right, well, okay. So, I mean, you do it, say, like once, twice a month. Uh-huh. Now, then he opened up, he'd been teaching a, a Taekwondo or Taekwondo class. He'd been done, I think he'd done Taekwondo and Taekwondo. Yep. Then um, he, he went down that, you know, training with Master Skinner, and he'd opened up, he called Ian's Physical Contour Kickboxing. So, the big one, it's not, like, you know, like, yeah, very best, the best people, cheesy 1980s martial arts type things, and uh, <clears throat> so that was that was my introducing into introduction to it. Now, after we've been training six months or something, he opened up a Thai boxing class as well, right? And it was just it was uh, like it was on like two nights kickboxing, two nights Thai boxing, like in a close by venue, so we were kind of doing both, yeah. and. Uh, so there was say slight changes, differences, but not not huge um, between them. And then after about another six months or something, they closed down the kickboxing club and we're just doing tie boxing. Right, okay. Uh, and just we started going to shows and, and you know you know we started putting fighters in and stuff. And uh, it just I say I just found that for the first time something that I could say I'm a coat on and go do you know what this is. This is mine. This is something that 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 I get. I understand like that. I I I real kick it. It's not real any sports. I was like, I mean, 
like, <laughs> Pian, like um, June, um, say, like, the first Friday in July, 86 was when I um, started this, right? Yep. Six months, six months before that, I was smoking 45s a day, day and was borderline <laughs> alcoholic. Right, I was drinking parts every single night, you know, six cans of lager and 20 club, club king size. And um, and now you've managed to drop the fags and you're just an alcoholic? Yeah, I'm still borderline. <laughs> I'm still borderline. Um, so I, and, and, and through that, I just, I, I just enjoyed training. Um, enjoyed running, I enjoyed lifting weights. I used to go to the, the Motherwell Bass and they had, there was the first gym, proper gym in Motherwell, and I, I laugh when I think about it, and it was basically, it was a room at the back of the bath, probably the size of an average living room, yep. and it had a six-stage multi-gym in it. Yep. You could probably <laughs> buy some similar from Argos now. <laughs> I used to go there on a Friday, straight to work. I would go and have a workout, go for a, a sauna and a steam room, take yep. a shave that. Uh, go home, get um, a kebab, a few cans of lager, and head out with the lads. Um, but that was kind of my first introduction, and anyway, proper training. But see, like there was no, which I mean, like, they knew him, the guy that, that taught us. He didn't know that much. See, we didn't know that much. I was in this sport. I reckon best part of fifteen years before I actually started the proper thing. Yeah, you know. Um, but what I've do you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in how that transition worked and how uh, even you're saying yourself, like, for 15 years we were pretty much just winging it, I guess. Right. Uh, until So I'm interested in that. Uh, I, think, I think that all martial arts, uh, obviously we do two completely different styles, but all martial arts from the general public uh, get sort of they're, they're very misunderstood that at least or, or, or they're given a bad a bad reputation. Uh, me coming from the more sort of traditional arts uh, and, and not being sort of full contact, and I know thousands of people in this sort of environment. But even when we look at full contact kickboxing in full contact, tie boxing, etc. Then there's, uh, there's, what's the word? Uh, we, we look, dis, disrespect's not the word, that, that is the wrong word, but there's a, there's like this, there's, there's a bias, I guess, and I see this all the time, and I'm, I am getting to my point, that there's a bias, and I see it all the time, that, People that do full contact tie boxing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are, are just brutish and blah blah blah. And what I've found through all the years in my experience, you in your gym, is completely the opposite. Huh? Completely the opposite. Are you aware that, that there can be misconceptions as to what full contact training and full contact fighting can be? Oh, yeah. oh, um. I, the amount of times I have a conversation, as you see, I do, I do speak quite plainly at times. Um, <laughs> it's not the first time some girls phone me up and go, yeah, do you train girls? I was like, yes, absolutely. We are absolutely like, you know, on the line, everything gets traced, she, um, she did the same. Yep, we hit chicks. And I go, 
that that <laughs> sounded a lot funnier in my head than it came out because it's followed by you know a deadly silence. Um, but yes, you do. I think that um, I, I know a guy that that he got jumped um, a number of years ago, and he was a pretty good Thai boxer, and he dropped me three kind of local guys that were kind of names that your mm-hmm. average guy's not going to let cross. Yeah. He patted them, and uh, he got arrested, and he nearly went to jail. And so when he went up, the prosecuting lawyer stood me like, this guy's a rano. He's one of these guys you see in the cage kneeling on top of something. And he went, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I don't. I really, really don't. Just yeah. And, like, you know, serving the, the, the court, they were, no, oh, no, he's a man. Get him off the streets. He was a lovely guy. Yeah. He's making himself. And he didn't like hunt them, didn't he? Didn't he chase them? He didn't need them to talk to them and smash them. He defended himself and then got off uh, away home. And uh, he was, I think he was about to have kids at the time and everything. And he right, knew okay. everything, you know? And it's, it's, there is a public perception of that's the, the, there's a public perception of the, the UFC that is a bunch of animals or like, you know, tie balls when you see like people cut their elbows and stuff. You know, you see somebody cut an elbow and like, Part of the tie box, but yeah, yeah, belt, ass, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. and there's people looking at you going, Are you insane? What's yeah. wrong with you? And you're like, It's only a cut, and uh, really, yeah, really, it should be fine, you know. But it's, it's like the mindset's completely different, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a general misunderstanding that, right? I don't believe, or I don't particularly like violence, and never want to get in a street fight. I find that, to me, that the, the um, I don't, I'm not so scared of people throwing a punch or a kick at me that, but it's like when it's aggression, it's anger, it's spite, it's hate, that I find, like, well, no, that, you know, in general, if, if, if I am, you know, over the years, somebody looks at the side and take a top of you, I'll say, take your back seat and I'll, I'll, I'll try and de-escalate it. And I've been pretty yeah. good at that. I'm pretty good at de-escalating. You know, it's a huge hour for this, uh, on a nightclub door. Um, but I don't see kind of what we do is technically violence. It's, it's consensual, consensual sporting combat is different from violence in the street. Right, you know? let me jump in there because I agree with that 100%. And I'll tell you what made me think about this was... Right, first things first, let, let's be clear that Thai boxing mm-hmm. isn't UFC, yep. Brazilian jiu-jitsu isn't UFC, okay? Uh, <clears throat> but when, if you're watching a live UFC event, the first thing that BT Sports put up, and they put it up, I think, in between the adverts as well, is a warning, this show contains violence, that grates me every single time I see it because whether you class your martial arts as a martial art or as a sport or as a, a combat art, or, or it is not violence. People have this... I, I could go... To me, violence is a, a street fight that breaks out and somebody biting somebody and somebody getting their head smashed off the floor and etc etc that to me is, is violence 
what mm -hmm. I see in a Thai boxing gym and in a Thai boxing ring in a, or in a cage as, as a sporting or martial arts endeavour. They're two completely different things, but oh, people, per people perceive them to be the same thing. Absolutely, but though BT Sports do that, um, they, they will they will actually they will um, they they'll, they'll say the same thing for an Avengers movie. You know, <laughs> and they'll yep. put up like, and it'll be like somebody in the Avengers movie will make maybe a slightly kind of offhand joke, and it will say sexual references or something like that. Yeah, Avengers movie. Yeah. They've got to put these trigger warnings up because some people just they, they, I don't know they, they just don't think that what they're watching or you know they take things out of context or they're just not very well capable of handling handling something like a mild blue joke or violence. Yeah, um, if you know, have these stuff, and don't be wrong. I mean, certainly, like you know, flashing images and so on. But I don't think they're doing any real harm by giving trigger warnings on uh, TV shows. And if it if if that's something that you go, um, I don't think I'm going to watch that. Or if you're going to watch something like where there's um, this racist material, you go, I'm not going to watch that. But no, it's a it's a it's a film where like guys challenge people that are racist. I still don't watch it. I find that, you know, that's your, yeah. your you know? Yeah, yeah. I think trigger warnings are, I think, important it, um, most of the time. Because there's folk out there that won't or I can't deal with certain things. I mean, yeah. like, um, especially when it comes to, you know, like, sometimes we, 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 we bias. I mean, I'd be more, say, Worried about somebody that's been assaulted watching, like, say, EastEnders, where there's a similar set, uh, type of assault, or yeah. like, a weight, where they've been yeah. through that, you know, and like, they, they get, you know, they get triggered. Um, I mean, I've seen, I've seen there's, there's things in, in, in movies that even they require trigger warnings for, but it's the stuff um, in movies where you just go, this is really. You know, a really bad effect on me yeah. because yeah. of what's come to me. Um, like I, I don't know if you remember the film, the Tom Hanks film, was it Philadelphia? Tom yeah, yeah. The gay lawyer, um, gets his and die. Never seen the end of that film. Walked it because a few months before it, I think it was my say from my brother died of cancer, right? And he was right. like bald, six stone, you know. Yeah. And come that end scene, I just went, I can't even watch this. Yep. Right now, that film should still go ahead, and it should do that. It's a great story and a brilliant tale, and you know, um, it, it turned something that was uh, at the time um, quite a, um, a difficult subject for a lot of people, you know, and there was a lot of fear that you know about age, and that dealt with in a really humanising way, and showed a great story. It, the ending was difficult. For me, it was very different because my brother previously died. So, yeah. but I wouldn't say it's not a bad film, or I wouldn't condemn anybody for watching it. But I think that it was something for me that I, I found difficult. But so I can understand why they get trigger warnings. Yeah. See, just a wee point on that, uh, which is my usual nothing to do with anything. Uh, Philadelphia was directed by Jonathan Demme. 
right. who the year previously had directed Silence of the Lambs uh, and had come in for huge criticism from, uh, at that time, the, the gay community because of his perception of Buffalo Bill. Uh -huh. So he really took on uh, Philadelphia as a real sort of passion project, project type thing. Because uh, obviously the, the guy was, was sound and had just come in for probably undue criticism at that well, time, but th th then went on to make a, a, a fantastic movie that Philadelphia was. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about 25 years old now, but we, we don't have to put a spoiler alert on. He dies at the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sitting on the egg bike has gone, oh, far. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Always so, yeah, <laughs> so Tom Hanks dies at the end. Uh, <laughs> aye, so the, that, that, as I said, I, I can completely see your point of view as to why they're there, but, I mean, see, and, and, and the, the, the tournaments that I would attend or I would take my students to are all semi-contact, right? And you still get, I mean, you, so I'm going to make a comparison here between a semi-contact tournament and a full-contact fight night. At a semi-contact tournament with, with children competing, you still, some of the things you hear from, not, not so much coaches, because it doesn't happen at full-contact fight, uh, nights with coaches either, but for the crowd at a semi-contact uh, event, parents example, knock his head in, blah, blah, blah. And some, I mean, there's been events, if I've been officiating, you've had to pretty much say to a parent, listen, your next step's getting asked to leave. And this is for somebody watching two, two eight-year-olds competing at semi-contact. And obviously you get people that, are, that, that, that their manners are immaculate and they're there and they enjoy the event. The same thing happens at a full contact event. I've been at full contact events that you've ran and been super impressed by uh, you taking the mic beforehand and saying, listen, guys, or listen, ladies and gentlemen type thing. I, this is my event and I want to run with full respect, etc., uh, etc." Et and you think to yourself, that's not just a full contact tie boxing, kickboxing thing. That's a problem that goes right through any sort of contact sport or where there's there's that emotion. Any sport. You watch, you go and stand at like, um, um, a, a, you know, like a 12-year-old kid's football game on a Sunday, yep. right? And see what you get worse. The, I, had a, I had a guy, fought, he's actually a guy done this tattoo, Paul, okay. right? And he... His coach went. He he would go. He went pro. He's a phenomenal football player, right? And he also ran by boxing. And he quit football. I think at the age of fourteen, um, because because he's stuff like that. Because yeah. he's, you know, it was um, he treated with respect by the opposition in the ring and opposition's parents and that than he was when he's running up and doing a a a, a, a ball, yeah, a, a ball. And one of the things that killed it was at half time he went back and you know all the the, the, the water bottles like, there you go guys and he picked up the wrong one and it was the coaches and it was full of um cider. Happy days. <laughs> it's and, yeah. And he just got to see when no, this this isn't for me. You know? Yeah. 
Um, you you do get the um, you do get like your, your most colourful characters. You know, it, you know, in the whole entire box. But the, the, the way I look at the, the whole I've got is quite a whole small hole, kind of tightly packed in. Um, and this is for your full contact events. This isn't for your, your gym do, you're talking about. Aye, aye. So, no, this is in, uh, up at the For your fight nights, yep, yep. Fight nights, and uh, I feel that in the whole where you've got maybe you 30 fighters, you've, you're only maybe 10 feet away from your opponents. Your mum and dads are maybe 10 feet away from your opponents, mum and dad. Yeah. I've had to wear, like, you know, if people try to scream, kill them. Early talk, uh, somebody's brother and sister. Like, yeah. This is what we don't do. This we this is not what we do, you know. And in general, you kind of get feedback and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah. And they say like sometimes I know like, like some of the matchmaking I do. So go and if I've got a lot of just novice fighters on, right? And I, I have to admit sometimes like have a look at their their Facebook, mm-hmm. and they like, you know Dave Smith he sold fifty tickets. Oh, Jesus. And you look at his pals and you're going, oh my God. <laughs> yep. Right. And he's going, on, I'm going to knock him out. You're going, oh fuck. So, like, um, like first fight's a kid's fight, then it's Dave. Right? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want his guys smashed out their face and he's seven and half past ten. See, yep. you've got to try and, and balance with next time I run a show, they'll be going, oh, is this person? Well, I'm on second here. But, uh, <laughs> Um, but I do always try and match a card up where it's like kids, cut the kids, cut the adults, and other kids on, and, and try and keep like, like, if I know there'll be a really good fight, you yeah. know, with kids, I'm happy to put that high up on the card, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to remember whether it was, I think it was your show. I can remember the fight and I can't remember the show, but it was either your show or it was the last power of Scotland, actually. I think it was your show. Uh, but it was two young females. It was your show. It was a girl that came up for down south, didn't she? Hi. And to me, that was the best fight of the night. Two Hi. brilliant, technical, well, fem- young female girls, uh, obviously, or uh, not. Uh, but they were, they were, they were fantastic. The the the, the tech technical ability of the two lasses yeah. was absolutely brilliant. Well, I um, they were I think fourteen. And I was going to make that the last fight. Yep. And uh, like the coach has got his glasses. He's like, don't, she's, the, 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 she's terrified. Nah, don't worry about it. So I put it on earlier on. Yeah. I knew that that would, I knew that would be a good fight. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant fight. I really did. Really did. Enjoyed that one. Right. So, uh, okay. So, you're, you're you're messing about for 14, 15 years, right? Uh, as you're, you kind of alluded to earlier on, the 1980s are this apparent golden era of Thai boxing. You're obviously highlighting that that wasn't the case. Uh, what changes then? What changes after 14 or 15 years? <laughs> um. Well, again, we're looking at we're looking at some of the British fighters. Yeah, two two things, right? Um, cheap fights to Thailand and gyms are green to uh, train foreigners. Wow, right, okay. That is simple as that. Um, 
It's as simple as that. Um, That's Thai gyms. Uh, gyms in Thailand agreeing yeah. to teach foreigners, right? So what you had from the kind of early mid nineties. I mean, you had people going before that, but it was really rare. You know, and you, you know, you turn up at gyms and like, yeah, take the money, but they they weren't really looking to get foreigners. And yeah, <clears throat> I think come the mid nineties, they really see when the internet really kind of blew up. They um, they kind of they seen this market. You know, that's when you know I think mid nineties was really about when early mid nineties when when Par went and came training over and um, like Harrison that came over as well. Yeah. yeah. Harrison's probably the late 90s. Uh, who, who, by the way, you, I was, I've was i been lucky enough to train William Harrison twice now that you've accommodated. Uh, the first one you held at the gym, the second one you obviously put me onto that. For a, a, Having trained in, with many, many martial artists, he's one of the most skilled, technical martial artists I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I am um, the first time... That's I, a British boy. That's a British boy. <clears throat> the first time I seen him fight live was 2005, um, and he was 18. And there was a lot of say talk. There used to be this. It's still going. Act kickboxing, um, and it was like it was just a, a discussion forum for um, kickboxing, kickboxing, you know. And um, there was a lot of names on it at one point, and uh, so. <laughs> What happened was like there was a lot of talk with this, this young guy, William Harrison, and you know, he's got up through the ranks, he's been tremendous, and you, you didn't get a lot of video on that, you know, yeah. as much as you got now, you'll get, you know, a TV clip on that, right? Um, but it was really doing a lot of bickering that I really wanted to see. So that's like 15 years ago. And uh, so I drove down to Manchester, um, drove down. And then watched the fights and drove back myself in the same day. Right. And uh, because like it was on this act kickboxing, like it was like see everywhere you went, you can you knew I'm I'm so and so, I'm so and so you know, well, yep. you know, I was sitting watching the fights myself uh, and uh, Dan Green, the promoter, he came up, how are you doing? Because you know, he'd put the fighters on down south in the past as well. And so you're always bumping into people. It's still the same. You go to shows, you bump into people. You know, yep. And um, so I'm down and watch them, and I went, wow. I, I was, I thought maybe this guy's known for his speed and his power, but just watch him. Uh, his skill was phenomenal for a young guy. I was like, yeah. it was amazing. And uh, it's kind of followed other things. And see, the force of the PTs, I've, I know him kind of off and on over, over the years. And, um, I've trained him in the gym a couple of times as well. And he's an alright guy, nice guy. And uh, if you get a chance, you go on to his, he's got a website um, where he just breaks down all his, his yeah. tips and training suggestions. Uh, really good. I mean, we're, we're lucky we've got guys like Pars, we've got uh, Housing, we've got uh, Damien Trainer who does some great stuff as well online. You know, there's the other one is the Warrior Collect. I don't know if you've seen that. Right, no. If you look at um, what their YouTube, they cover versus every martial art. They're really good. Um, so, see, with, with stuff like this, we being online and the guys, you know, going over to Thailand and coming back and going, with, it's kind of what we do is kind of right, but it, you know, yeah, not, you know, um, I think we just get better and better and better, and not not just 
through like Beardy Pivlet, the worthy master at the top, he taught these people, these top people, these top, mm-hmm. and all this lineage thing, you know. You find a lot of you know, fighters have you know, trained their two and three gyms in Thailand, or they've, um, they've got mates that train in this other gym, they're, they're trained together. So a lot more shared knowledge uh, in Thai boxing rather than like, you know, this rigid, you know, yeah. you do it this way, this way, this way. Uh, I probably throw kicks different now than I did 10 years ago, and I threw them 10 years ago different than I did 20 years ago. Yeah, just a constant evolution. It is, it's got to be. I really think it's only the first post to evolve, and that's just through training, like with, with, with guys that know what they're doing and learning, and just oh, just adjust, adjust, adjust. So, how how often have you been over to Thailand? How many times have you been over? And can you tell us a wee bit about that? Pretty much, like. Uh, five some times, highlights or five times. Two thousand one was there, but I wasn't trained. It was like uh, I was part of the Scottish team um, with fighters over. Then um, twenty fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, and nineteen. So in the last um, six years, I've been. Um, it's it's you kind of, you kind of really got to want us to do it. You've really, really got to want it. You really want to, to get the best of it. You've kind of got to come out. Now, you can go to Thailand, book an hotel somewhere, sit on the beach, grab a workout every second afternoon. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. For me, I was taking time away from my family. You know, yeah. I was my apologies. So I wanted to get the best out of that I could. So when I went in 2014, um, I was there for like 10 days or something and uh, arrived in. Uh, I think it was a Sunday night. Saturday night I arrived and then started training this, the, the Monday morning. Um, the training consisted of maybe a 3-4k run and then you'll go in and you'll hit bags, you'll hit pads. You'll do say maybe 4-5 rounds of bags, 4-5 rounds of pads. You'll shadow box with hand weights. I'll batch in condition. You'll do either half an hour sparring uh, or half an hour clinching. Mm-hmm. Right now, when you think that the, the rounds are all five minutes long, right? right? <laughs> and it's like in the morning, in the morning, it's 32 degrees. And what they use for air conditioning over there is they don't have any walls, they've got a tip, <laughs> right? So it's 32 degrees in the morning, it's 37 in the afternoon. So, like the, 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 the first one. Your first sessions always bad. Mm-hmm. It's always bad. Um, but usually, like you're saying, there, like you're picking it back up. But you you do it. So you got. So you're, you're running. Say seven quarter past seven. You finish maybe half past nine, and then have breakfast, right? <laughs> 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 I've this that look when I say that. Excuse <laughs> me, right? Then you, you can the rest of your city day, like you know, the late morning, early afternoon is yours, and basically you kind of come back and repeat it all at three o'clock when it's seven degrees. You know, so you start at maybe between three and quarter past half three, and then um, once you finish that, go up, shower that, done, and, and, and get dinner. Yeah, so it's it is really difficult. But Are you staying at the gym? Are you staying in that gym? Yeah, stay in the gym. The 
the gym uh, I've been going to, um, they've got like, wee apartments um, that are really, they're, you know, they're like up to date with the, the latest in Victorian technology. <laughs> they've got um, shelves that go both on and off. They, they've not got one to wait and the heat go up and down, but they go on and off. Right, yeah. <laughs> Toilets that function. Uh, they've got tile floor and a, um, um, a bed. Um, the, the, the last couple of years I've put a wee fridge in, which is, is really good because used to have like four, four or five apartments, that's a huge big fridge at the end. Right, okay. And, and to be fair, I've never done Nick to it because like, who's going to steal off a bunch of Thai boxers? <laughs> you are one. <laughs> you know, you're like, you know, there's five Thai boxers in this this uh, landing, right? Yep. You really want to piss four of them off, you know? So, Especially with a bottle of water. I or a bottle of water. Um, you know, bars in the windows as well, but I think that's... So you're bringing this, you're going over and... Obviously, getting back to this, uh, after this initial 15 years, these fighters and coaches and just general people that enjoy training are starting to go over uh, bringing back knowledge which you've, you've you've said there that people are happy to share the full sport and obviously your gym in turn starts taking an uplift is that pretty much what's happening no, no, no really um, I mean like before I went to Thailand before like you know we sent the guys over we were doing pretty well you know nice left like you know British titles and stuff um, prior to that but I think in general the whole sport, and you see, and certainly my understanding of it kind of really started to increase around about kind of just year 2000, 2003 sort of thing, maybe right. 2004 sort of thing. Um, uh, and it was just like working with, with, with guys that really knew what they were talking about, that um, had spent a lot of time in Thailand that you know, had um, understood, you know, I mean, I was a qualified judge and referee, um, but when I actually started doing it, a, a guy called Tony Myers, who'd spent a lot of time in Thailand learning and um, really learned a lot about the, the judge and referee, and then he was talking about how to score and, um, you know, what techniques work better than others, and effective technique and, and it was just a really good conversation over course an hour sitting in a restaurant there yeah. was a seminar and I went Jesus this is this isn't quite you know what I've I've always said it took I think it's, it's kind of like the, the guy that taught me was uh, I can very much martial arts based thing that he he put, uh, looked at it like um only days learn the techniques, I already know how to teach. Yeah, right. You know, and he was a good coach. I mean, he, he was really very, very into strength conditioning, right? Mm -hmm. A very fit guy. And um but I don't think they knew as much about Thai boxing as they you know purported to. And whereas I'm I'll always go like, well, there's this huge ladder called Thai boxing, I'm just climbing over the first rung. And I think yeah. that's the right attitude to have because I've seen too many people going, I've got a bit of success, that's me, I've made it. Yeah. You, know, you know, I don't care who, the best coach in Scotland, 
you know, throw the middle bank cock, right? Throw a rock, you'll hit a cup truck driver that knows where. Yeah. See, that, that's part of that attitude and that sort of character that I kind of alluded to right right at the beginning when we started chatting uh, tonight. It's just... It's just that it's it's part of being a nice guy. It's part of being being a good guy and having just that that general attitude of not having any arrogance or or airs and graces and just want to learn all the time, want to help people uh, learn to anybody, happy enough to learn from anybody, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but that that does come across. It does come across. Uh, right. So. <clears throat> Try to think how many years ago it must be at least it, it doesn't seem like this, but it's at least seven or eight years mm -hmm. since we've been to anybody that's listening to the podcast, uh the, the, the Taekwondo school that, that, that we run actually hire uh Stevie's gym every Saturday morning. Uh, and we do a sort of bag work, pads, conditioning type class uh on, on Saturday morning. So we've kind of been in touch through that arrangement for the last sort of seven seven odd years uh, and my students get a, a huge benefit out of that uh, let's talk a wee bit about your students just over the years how how your coaching has maybe changed or, or maybe it hasn't done it's obviously progressed but uh, just talk a wee bit about people you've brought through and their experiences and successes and maybe stuff that's maybe no went so right just that that sort of thing if you could um god um i think like when i, st I remember like my, my first night coaching um standing in front of like 12 people in Holy Cross high school and going think to myself you're a fraud you shouldn't be here just admit it and go home right two years to shake that off Right, yep. and the, the, the people I've trained over the years, so such a diverse background. Um, I think we've always had like this. I've been lucky to have mostly guys that enjoy training and they can, uh, you know, always had this kind of uh, humour behind them. Yeah, I don't see. I've always never wanted like you know. A class full of city, twenty-three-year-old testosterone-filled, tattooed, you know, um, steroid freaks. Um, yeah. I, I want like a range. I want women in. I want uh, guys in, older, younger, um, a good mix. Um, for me, coaches, my coaches trained, changed over the years. When I first started um, coaching, it was I was doing it. It was traditional Muay Thai, right, and. Um, so like you know the Moncons and all that and they graded and and we teach in Thai and right, okay. on and on and on for for I've been doing that for a long, long time. And um and it was very kinda um top down, I'm the boss, do your thing. Right? See just see just on that, we we obviously you're teaching a Thai uh, I'm teaching a Korean art and we 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 used to be really heavy on the Korean terminology and stuff. Oh. And I know where you're going with this because 
we I feel the same. There's still schools out there teaching, and they'll 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 teach the techniques in Korean, which is all good and well. But the students don't actually know a what the techniques for and and how to actually throw it. Yeah, it's pointless. It's pointless. Yeah. Well, I, well, see, hang it. I now teach half it. Kai, or like, like um, teeth is so much easier than shooting front kick. Yeah, you <laughs> mismatch. Um, but uh, for me, it was traditional. To, we were doing the old. Uh, do you ever seen Old Back? Like, the, do you know, I've actually not. I've actually not. Right. right well, it's like no trad- really old traditional Muay Thai. Muay Barana, me and I. And used to teach a lot of that. And they were very grading focused. It was a very much a martial arts club that had fighters. And uh, what really changed, and again, I was like the, the, the coach, I'm in charge, do your toe, that sort of thing. Yeah. There's, you know, it was the way that most classes were. And it didn't suit me. I didn't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Part of it, right? And uh, so, ended up, one day it was actually on that bike kickboxing. And a guy put up one line and it just totally changed me. And it went, what other sports actually have a traditional side? Right? Now from that, I was like, traditional boxing? Can you imagine right. it? I'll be a traditional boxing club. Right? Up you go. Yep. <laughs> traditional football? You know, goalkeepers get the hat on, the pipe and the boots, the miners. Yep, yep. And you can take that to, right? And go, going like, um, uh, what do you call it? YouTube and type in 1950s gymnastics, right? It's hilarious, yep. right? What other sports actually do that? None. You only really get it in the martial arts. Now, yep. for some, let's say, to that is a proper traditional martial art, for us, it's a fight sport, and I was like, I'm, I'm concentrating more on like the gradings mm-hmm. and like the traditional stuff. Then I'm going preparing. These guys are doing pretty good in the ring, but they're spending half their time like doing ramoys and you know doing you know like the traditional stuff again. So I just went right. I sat up the day and says, I'm changing it. And this is why, um, and 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 that's why I kind of bounced away from that. Yeah, and from then, um. I'm not happy with my teaching, and then um, a few things happened, and uh, um, I had three fighters on a big show that was actually helping one, and they all lost for different reasons, right? And I, I went, and I sat down, and I went, do you know what? Says, they've enjoyed the the training for these fights. Right, okay. I, I was stressed, they were stressed. You know, I spent pressure on them, and I just went, so I come back, I actually, the, the week after I went on holiday, and uh, I come back and she's right about to sit down with the keys, and I went, I need to get at least 50% of the time. Usually they listen, but I don't blame these for no listening. Right, yeah, okay. So I'm through the videos, and you talked about that, talked about like um, the, um, the leading up to it, the fights and stuff, and basically it, it, led, it led me to just go to the what? So you do what you do, you know, and because I want a place, a gym that's happy, that there's no stress zone, that we, we know what we're doing and that we, 
you know, we can support each other. Yeah, but I'd been like pressure, 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 and I just went, no. And she kicked the wood, I just went, you know what? Just try and listen. So I, rather than leading in, in sort of like telling people what to do, I kind of, you know, instead of being a boss and telling people what to do, I wanted to try and be a leader and encourage people to come along with me. Uh-huh. And uh, when I, then when I was able to get a lot of physio a few years ago, back in the day, I couldn't really train, I couldn't run. Um, run a bit of time where we, we for the first met, which when uh, I a lot of uh, physio and I managed to get you know, my back sorted, I managed to get my weight doing that, so I was able to go to Thailand. And uh, so this is where I, I can uh, try to be more kind of inclusive with the people I'm working with, where yeah. I'm working with their opinions, but at the end of the day, like, uh, happy ship's only one captain. So, yeah. and of course, it's my gaff, my rules, sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I've got a lot of guys in who have a lot of skill. And, you know, if they go, can I want to try this? Go, do the work, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think, yeah, I think that's one area where we're, where, where we're similar. I think there has to come a stage where you make a decision. You're the captain, you need to make a decision. But, uh, for being around your gym, for being around your sort of students and fighters, uh, that is somewhere where, where I always, I, I think I think I've said this in every podcast since I started this, but it's, it's something that I say all the time that you show the student where to look, but not what to see, and I yeah, see that, and I see that, and I see that in your gym as well, uh, and I see people sort of there's a I'll, sometimes I know that there's a time where I have to say, listen, this is the way we do this. There has to be at some stage, you have to make that that decision or, or show that, that leadership. Mm-hmm. But there's huge amounts of time in my coaching, and, and I can see it in yours as well, where that two-way relationship, definitely, it's getting back to, are you learning? You, you're just on that ladder learning yourself. Uh, and you There'll be, there'll be instructors and coaches out there that never learn for their students. And I think if I'm teaching a class or you're teaching a session, both of us will leave me teaching Taekwondo, you teaching Thai boxing, having learned something for the people that were actually coaching. Yeah. That, that's got to be a healthy thing, surely. Oh, I, that, that, that's it. I think that, that that's the idea. That, I mean, I was, you, you, you got a degree. I was brought up like way like the eighties when you had like you know big talk about China, you had um, the best of the best, the Chuck Norris films and all that. Yeah. And all these films, right? You had this guy standing at the top of the hall, right? That was you know that sort of thing, yeah. and uh, you just had to do whatever they told you to, you know, get their their their, 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 their you know like their blessing sort of thing. Yeah. And you know and. It never felt comfortable being or trying to be that guy mm-hmm. for me and like just do this, do this, do this, right? You know, you have got to, you know, put the foot down. You know, like um, the description I made, one of the guys covered him. I says, look, in a busy class, shout to people, don't shout at them. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, huge difference. 
um, the, the, the two the two of them, and um, she's trying to master know so much the technique, getting the technique good is really good, but getting the soft skills where because people come in and you're not just dealing with, and this is something that you you know you've certainly been through with your, your podcast and um, like the 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 mental you know capacity as well as the physical. You know, they both affect each other. Um, I've seen people really struggling, like just some of the training stuff, and I'm starting to chat with them. And sometimes they come in and they're bloody scared. Yep. You know, they're, they're, they're actually scared, but they really want to come in and then come in and do a few sessions and go, right, right. There's one they get, you'll have seen them coming in, maybe a rest of so you recognize it, or, 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 uh, for PTs on Saturday morning. And uh, he's ter- he was terrified to do a class. Yeah. And he, he done one on a Sunday morning and he went, We're all really nice. I went, I'm telling you that shit for a year. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but you know, they weren't they were really nice. Yeah. You know? So um that was you know, it's it's nice to see but it shows you how nervous people are. They, they, a lot of people don't like crowds, they don't like a lot of people, they don't like um the um they, they, they're nervous and I was in seeing the exercise for less in the bag one night and uh, a guy came up and says what's that you're doing and the guy bumps and says I'd love to do that and I was like oh, well I'm doing yep. I'm too scared I'm like oh, you're six foot two built a brick shit who's covering tattoos you need to fucking live up to them <laughs> He said, I love you, I know. I said, I'm only kidding. I said, Bob, don't worry, we'll take care of you. We're not a bunch of thugs. Right? Ah, right, right, right. You never arrived. In general, straight out the bat, I'm scared. And that, that's, that's a, that, that's that's a thing, guy, isn't it? I ain't. Go ahead. Go ahead. This guy, he was a big, big a boy, and he looked fat, you know? And uh, you would say, you know, he could look quite intimidating. Mm-hmm. Straight out, I'm scared. So you just what this is the next sort of area that, that, that I want to sort of move this into. This is what I get for you, and this is what you just said it there, we'll take care of you. Uh obviously we're connected in social media and you and, and those, the, you just you, you see people and you see stories on social media, etc. etc. Uh what what I try and do as teach people martial arts, but as but oh, but use that simply. Okay, learn about self defence. Do this, do that. But it should really just be this vehicle for making the life better. Mm-hmm. You you kind of excel at that. And again, I'm sort of putting words in your mouth or describing what I see with my own eyes. I see your students uh, excelling at university or in work, uh, people who, who maybe uh, suffered for a wee bit of mental illness or even just worry or, or or not really having confidence and then through their interactions with you and through learning martial arts with you, they're learning how to punch and kick and hit the bag and elbow and knee and clinch but what you're actually doing is spending a lot of time and a lot of your emotional energy into making them more successful in their general life. 
how much thinking goes up goes into that and, and the, the, the way I look at it is that um, Carl Heinz, the, 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 I'm a firm believer of it, is that, the, and I know there's a statistic that one in three or one in four people in Scotland will, will struggle with mental health at some point in their life. I think that's pretty far out. I think most people do. Most people I know have at some point in their life really had a bad, bad patch. Now, for me, when the, the, the I can't really, again, I, I, I can't get into details about people's personal stories. Of course. Uh, it's, it's not the first time she's, but, you know, somebody's come in and went, this saved my life, I'm glad that you jumped. No, because this is what was happening. And yeah. coming in, it gave them something. Now, for me, what it gives you is, the, um, when I, all the years ago when I started running, I was smoking 35 and drinking for so much for a reason. I wasn't in a very good place. Um, I became very ill, um, so it was like basically a really horrible like, flu that was going about, and couldn't smoke for like, about a fortnight. When I got up out of my bed, I had a lot of money in my pocket for a change, <coughs> and I did have a, um, I wasn't wearing a fag. I'm going to get myself fit, bought a pair of shorts, a vest, and a pair of trainers, ran probably, less well under a kilometer threw up walked home next day i did the same run and walked home without throwing up next day i did the same run and ran home now that was in it, that was easter sunday 1986 i went from there to run in a marathon in september 86 now i done all that running because it cleared my head yep. right it allowed me to focus on the you know, the things that I needed to focus working so hard, right? And I'm not saying at that time that saved my life, but I'll tell you something, it took me to a very, very, very dark place and a, a much more comfortable place. Yeah. This, I've never ever forgot when I started the, the kickbox and highbox, and that did the same, only even more. And I found it was a lot more people that were doing it for a lot of the same reasons that they found this thing. and. So, you know, it wasn't just punch and kicking, it was like getting this with community. And like some of these people are, you know, trained their kids. You know, with one woman I got on Facebook, trained her like eight, six. I've trained her daughter, her daughter the fight, and that daughter's now going to have a kid, <laughs> right? And then, and, and you've, just, you've just used the word community there. I'm going to interrupt you again, Stevie. This yeah. is why we get on so much, because our thinking's the same. You've set up a community within your, no within that Thai boxing gym, because see if you, if if some, if you had to move premise, you would lift that community. Oh yeah. And you would, and you would drop it right back in mm -hmm. another set of walls. Yeah. Uh, that's why your people are flourishing in the gym well, and in their life. But the, 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 the other thing that, that I think is really important is when the kids come through though is, is education. And I've been lucky enough where like a couple of times if I say that kid come in like, you know, that's well uni. And if I say be able to like, get someone to the gym or somebody I can know we can help them pull them through and and and, and know how far that's went with a couple of people and, and um the the folk come in that were really heading down the wrong path, came to the wrong side of the, the tracks 
Yeah, you know, and they've done it because what they've found is um, that they've realised possibly for the first time in their life the value of hard work and yeah. diligence and listening to people, you know, and that makes a huge thing. Another thing that I'll, one of the reasons I love sending people to Thailand is so a lot of kids have sent over there, they've, they've hardly been at their, their own town. Yep. Oh, and suddenly, like, you know, I've sent folk over there, the first ever flight was to go to Thailand. <laughs> yep. No. Yep. Um, the, and the, um, and so to me, it, it, it takes a heat out of the scheme. You can get brought on an area and everything, all your kind of needs sort of thing, everything about it involved in that, say, like, square mile, everything yeah. you know or respect. You know, your mum's here, your auntie's here, your dad's here, your cousins are there. Yeah. Right? Um, yep. And, you know, you you'll end up marrying or having a kid with somebody for your sort of thing. You know, and, and to go look, the world is big and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and that's ultimate. The, the, no end of possibilities. <clears throat> Just look beyond that square mile. And I have seen, I've been forced off to see the effects of that. And I have, like, like these people, I mean, some of them, you know, I talk to regularly, even though they don't train because they're, like, they're you know, they're studying hard or, they're, you know, they're, they're working away or they're doing, I mean, like, um, I still get tags and messages from family that I've no physical seen in over 10 years, they live in Australia that uh, I trained like, the son, the daughter, and the father. Yep. You know, and the father was kind enough to like, tag me in a 25 press-ups thing today. That <laughs> probably could have done that one before. <laughs> uh, I keep saying, I seem to keep doing it. Day 21, I'm like, uh, you know. <laughs> um, but no, it is, I've always tried to have that, but and also, when I mean, people refer to it as our gym, I like that because you're taking ownership of it to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, but I pride it. It's not just that this is where I go. I go and train and exercise for life, less, but it's not my gym. I don't really take any ownership. I don't feel any loyalty or whatever to it. I, you know, if that shuts will move to somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. But with yours, I like it that people come and go, this is, this is important. Not just because I come in the hot bags, but because of people in it, and the way I get treated, and the way that they support and inspire me. That, and it's no me, it's the, it's the ethos, it's in the gym. The different people in it, the old That is you, but these kids. You, you yeah. play a major part in that, because... Yeah, I thought about the puppies a lot. It's not, listen, uh, it's... Look, I agree with you fully. I, I, I genuinely agree with you fully. Uh, and I'm loving the modesty and, and, and all the rest of it. But if you asked all the members of the gym, they would agree with everything you're saying. But you've got to take a... Well, I, as a sort of extended member of the gym, and I know your students and your members would say that you play a big part in that. I think that's part of your role as coaches and, and instructors. Uh, it resonates with me that I, 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 I was brought up in a, a scheme, a house and estate, a scheme, 
uh, and actually back here with my own family now. But through martial arts, and martial arts played a big part in this, uh, my head's not in the scheme. My head's in the full world. And that's what you're offering people. It's not even about where you actually physically stay because I'm going to pay the same respect to somebody that stays in next door in my house and scheme than somebody that's got a, a huge detached mansion. It's not about where you physically are. It's about what you're... Your mindset. Aye. And you're opening these kids and adults, you're opening their minds to what, what can be what can be outside. That's a huge thing. That's a That's huge a, thing. See, I mean, a lot of the adults who come in like, that have worked in that, they, 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 they can have the same sort of mindset that, that they've got this, you know, that, this is where you're born, that's where you're going to die, this is where you drink, this is... But no, no, yeah. oh, anything, they see the world, you know, challenge yourself, you know, find something different. What's your thoughts on uh, what's your thoughts on the current situation as far as uh, again just to drop a wee I like to put some timestamps in because obviously people might stumble on the podcast a year from now or or, or whatever uh, we're obviously locked down at the moment the coronavirus COVID nineteen sort of situations going on running about the world. What's your thoughts on that and, and as eventually getting out to it and being able to get back to training and being in the gym and being in the Thai boxing gym or the Taekwondo school or whatever it is that we're, we're heading back to? What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, I've, I've been very frustrated for a, for a long time. Um, I had no qualms about closing the gym, right? I'm in no hurry to open it back up. I miss it. I really miss it. I miss the people in it. That's why I'm doing I'm doing a lot of PTs in my garden. Yeah. Um, and it's just to hang about with these idiots again. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. You're due one, I think. You're definitely. I, no, I will. I will. I'll go over. Yeah. But I, um, I, I, find it, I, I found it very frustrating. Um, because I'm, as you know, I'm a big science fan. Right? Yep. Stevie's uh, nickname is, is the Geek. So right. just to put that in there. <laughs> uh, so when it comes to stuff like that, when it comes to like global warming, my opinion will be based on what the scientists, what the experts say. You know, um, it's a bit like when you're saying that uh, people watch the UFC and go, oh, that's thuggery, that's this. Like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I say, see when it comes to like COVID nineteen, when it comes to climate change and stuff like that, the experts that know about that should be the ones that's you know giving their attention. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have um, one of my girls. She's actually working on a treatment that is now being. Um, she 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 works. Um, she audits. Or she works with um, clinical trials. So she's been doing like fifteen hour shifts for the last ten weeks. 10, 12 weeks uh, in our front room, um, <laughs> arranging, arranging trials. And, uh-huh. and the results of them have been pretty promising and the drug that we use, and she told me all about it, and I forgot the name of it, is now available in the UK and USA, but they're still, you know, some kind of person. Um, yep. So they, they've, they've got 
they've went to human trials in sort of like 10 weeks, which is something they've normally been doing two years sort of thing. Okay, yep. The, these, these trials, uh, this drug, it's no a vaccine, but <clears throat> if you get COVID, this is gone, this increases your chance of having Right. It, it stops it becoming as bad as what it can get. Okay. Um, Try to pull it back a bit, right? Um, so I'm lucky enough to have got her. So, um, there was some stuff earlier on that was like a bit of WhatsApp group, and it was, was messages on it. And I screenshotted sent it, sent it to her, and she came out with a phrase that I actually can't get habit of using that. She's like, my brain hurts with stupidity of this. <laughs> so, I've never actually mentioned anything on this group. Um, so I'm forced off, you know, um, if it's her, you know, to, to advise me. My, my girlfriend, a good lady, she's um, a theatre nurse uh, in Wisho, so um, she's pretty much at the thick end of it. Yep. So, again, like, the people who are doing this team very, very seriously, right? And I'll take their advice over um, some mock-haired lunatic um, in London or <laughs> Washington. Um, so, I so basically, I've just tried to keep myself busy. I've done lots of running, done plenty of training. I've been working, as you know, in the gym and, and uh, obviously, um, you know, doing the, the, the food deliveries. Yeah. Part of that, I'm just trying to keep myself busy and sane. Um, Obviously, and are you worried about going back? Are you worried about not just our gym, not just mayhem, but, but sports in general and just... Life as far as going into the train or, or going to the gym or going for a meal or going for a drink in a bar or a coffee or whatever it is. No, no. Um, this will uh, this will still affect the effect us to some degree from Christmas, right? This is you send me the, the, the you know obviously you learn the, the the message I sent out. I'm doing PTs for the fresh year just now. I'm hoping to do um, PTs in the gym come. July, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be able to do classes to some degree in August. This is right. what a couple of extra bags. I expect when we start classes, um, I expect to be doing basically what I'm doing in the garden, which is bags yeah. and drinks in circuit setting, right? <coughs> we may have to let limit the amount of people in the gym at the time. That's fine. Yeah. But we'll, we'll be back up, we'll be running at some point. Um, <coughs> The um, I don't say I'm not say that's my kind of best say, guess at what we'll be able to do. There was a seen a post a, a guy which came about was a guy I think it was in, it was one of the Netherlands Germans or some uh, man maybe, <clears throat> and they had the advice from their like, say, like government saying um, this is what you have to do. So they invested a lot of time and effort and substantial amount of money into that they put lines in the gym so it basically come in that door and you have to leave that door yep yep this do this right you have to um the um I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> and um <clears throat> so they were all set up ready to open and the day before they opened the government changed all advice and show the stuff they invested in Yep. 
because I think it was England man who suddenly like versus COVID free. She went, oh, business as usual, guys. Same thing, right? Yep. So I'm not making any major plans um, past a hand washing station at the moment. Um, yeah, uh, I, I plan me a hand washing station, which would basically set at the fridge. I've been trying to do that with, with this full situation, and, and not just in relating to martial arts, but like, obviously, Tracy will come in and she'll say, did you see this, or did you see that? Or, and my response has been the same. Just pretty much, do you know, I'm I'm not interested until we know. But you, people, people, people could have went crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, People could have went crazy over this, thinking what's coming. Do you know what I'm saying? Like what, what's next week? What's coming the week after that? You don't know. You don't know. I mean, you, you won't know because until you get the, the, the figures in, you know, and they're getting updated constantly. You need to get this hard uh, number done. Yeah. You know? um, but I don't think that we're going to be back fully certainly in the next two or three months, could be much longer. Um, but we will, we will be back. Yeah. Uh, you see, it has hurt a lot of people. Um, but, you see, I'm just using the time to be as, as productive as possible. And we started off with, I'm going to paint a couple of walls. It's just like the window, and like, like the gym was looking completely different. The, the, the pictures that I've seen in the gym, it's, it's, it's definitely looking looking really really good. Um, looking really good. Uh, uh, no, so I've, I've, you know this is going to go at some point. At some point we're we're, we're going to be back to normal. Yeah. But it's certainly going to be the next couple of months. Right. Okay. I've got a couple. Even though I said that I don't like doing an interview type thing, I've got a couple of quick fires just to fire at you uh, as we sort of come to the end here. Uh, best high boxers of all time. Shut up. The um, <laughs> what? No, European has got to be Deckers. Right. Yep. Um, Samar Thailand. Favorite favorite fighter outside of Thai boxing. Favorite boxer or. Yes, he's. I don't really follow stuff like that. Um, I would probably, I would probably go with. Um, I loved the uh, Nigel Ben back in the day. The Dark Destroyer. The Dark Destroyer and Lloyd Honeyman. Uh, I liked him. Um, how, how much have, how much have the Westerners now caught up with the ties, uh, or is there still a? A major, or, or how much of a difference do you think there is at this stage of the game? Um, I, I, there's, uh, I think we were we we see we, we right. There are there, there is fighters out there that are out there that are they can go toe to toe with some of the best. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to mention names because I'm really shit at pronouncing them. But when you go to um, Raja, 
and Lumpina think they both got Westerner in the top ten. Right. And and like as in the uh, the one of the champions. That's the, through the major stadiums in Thailand you've just mentioned there. Yeah. Like you if you if you want a belt, you want a stadium belt in Thailand, that would be anything. Right. Um, when you look at one championship, there's a lot of you know European fighters doing remarkably well. Yeah. Uh, glory, but um, the, I, the, I mean, you, you just need to look at Jonathan Haggerty, what he's done. Yeah. Not a lot of fights under his belt. John, Jonathan Haggerty, for anybody listening, is a an English fighter who who was the one champion, uh, and just got bet by Rod Tang. That right, try to remember back again. My pronunciation, if Stevie can remember and pronounce the names properly, I'm, I'm probably murdering that. But yeah, you've got a, a young what, what age would, would Jonathan Agarty be? I don't think he's 25 yet. So, you've got a, young, a young British fighter, European fighter, you know, winning a major title. He's had dozens of fights now, so but maybe I don't think he's in 30 fights yet. Yeah, you know, that's not a lot of fights. That downward elbow that he throws is just. One <laughs> one <laughs> uh, of my guys was fighting elbows just in, in February there, and uh, like the, the corner team just shouted "Haggerty!" Ages <laughs> and to be fair, the the guy ducked underneath it and was like off at a shot. It was an absolute cracker. She yeah. was landed and they'd been a belter. But uh, that is the, the kind of the haggard you know. It's like the Sanchai Captain kick. You know. Talking about the great man, have you seen looking at just to sort of I'll, I'll make this the last sort of question and, 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 and go on, but excitement wise are just different fight I mean, you, you look at somebody like Sanchai and you think I don't know what you think when you're looking at a fight a like lot, but what 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 exciting fighters have you seen over the years that we're just different. Sanchez, he's different. Aye. What, who, who have you seen that's that's got that, that that bit special? The um, I loved um, Rungnabi. It was just so aggressive. Bovey, um, was just the meanest. He would just. He just went in there. See, a lot of ties, you know, the one score, score, score. Bobby just wanted to come in and hug you, right? right? Just no matter what you happen with, he would just walk forward, growl at you, and just try and take your head off. Yeah. Um, um, Ramba, who had in the gym yeah. uh, last year, was just, Ramba M16, it was just phenomenal. There's some highlight clips of him on YouTube. It, he was like, Bobby Bucker and Sanchai rolled into one, like, you know, kind of 20 years ago. Uh, I mean, he fought the K1, he, he fought MMA or shoot fighting, I think it was, in, in, in Japan. And he was fighting at like, high level uh, high boxing as well. Um, a lot of good fighters, UK and Scotland, you still love watching. Um, and it's just, I think sometimes what we lack is, is characters. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I liked, um, I loved characters, uh, you know, you know, it was like, you know, I've seen people going into a ring with gorilla suits on, uh-huh. I've seen people in with, you know, like dressed like a pimp and stuff like that, and then they still go in and still do the business, you know, um, a guy called Lloyd Cochran, he was a pretty decent fighter, we used to go in like, 
fake tan hair, but he used to walk in with flowers and a bow tie on. Yeah. And before he sent the ring with up and his his girlfriend the flowers and she'd all be sitting the ringside. Yeah. And he could do the business, you know. And she had guys like that, you know, it's good to have people that can entertain. It's not just about the, the, the kicky punchy. Yeah. You know, yeah. good players can entertain, like Haas can entertain, like Damien Trainer can entertain, you know, um so many over the years it's, it's just since since you mentioned them at the beginning, and I promise you that I'll I'll let you go after this one. How how good was Decker? Well, it changed how the ties fought. Um, if, if, if boxing and tie boxing, uh, you know you can jab me in the face all you want, right? But if I'm coming through and scoring the knees, I'm winning. Right, yeah, yeah. he's effective, right? Um, Decker never trained, to my knowledge, in Thailand in a Thai gym. Um, I think his coach did, but what they done was they, they kind of worked to, you know, the, the ties move a certain way, uh-huh. and what the 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 the, the Dutch because when they came to the Thai background, uh, a lot of Dutch fighters, um, Thai kickboxers, I think. And uh, so, what they done? What, if you watch Decker doing seminars, it's all about like moving and changing angles and being aggressive. Yeah. You know, and you know, going up and down the body, and uh, the, you know, like the ties, you know, working more with elbows than you know back in like, the seventies and the early eighties. That you know, like, punching wasn't as much a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very, very much a you know a scoring game. And uh, you know, what was a priority. These guys could t- still take a shot, but when Decker went in, and he went in, and he went forward, he didn't step back. He was hitting, he changed the angles, and he was, he was power menacing everything through from the first bell. And it kind of, you know, the you know the, the ties now they can fight with their, their hands up. And they, they throw a lot more hands now right. compared to like you know back in the day. And they say. Like every sport, it, it evolves. Uh, so I think he, him, I think he's very influential in in making you know brain tie boxing, you know, up a wee bit and yeah. making those when people were exciting. I think it was in. I'm sure. I'm sure it was in Joe Rogan, and I can't remember whether it was it was John Main Park or somebody was talking about his left leg, his left ankle had been fused, or or operated on so many times that the doctor pretty much said to him, listen, you can't throw this. Like, you need to stop throwing this. And he'd went into the ring and with this warning that, listen, you can't throw this. And he just thought, <laughs> I'm throwing this. <laughs> and just went, you went, can't anymore. You, you, you can't switch this off. Yeah. You can't switch it off. You know, if somebody throws a punch, if, if you can avoid it, you've gone. Chance are you going to be straight back with you? Yeah. You can't just say I won't use that. You know. It's a thing that there's a one of my students is we're we're teaching on Zoom at the moment, obviously, and he's got a, a beautiful big punch bag in, in his garage where he trains. And if we are doing our Zoom classes and we're we're shadowing or or whatever, I, I always joke and I say to him, look, uh, that that's some self control. Not to just turn round and, and hammer <laughs> the bag. You can't. You, 
can you walk by a bag without punching it? I, I can't. I find it very difficult. It's just something about... Aye, aye, the temptation, aye. It's just, aye. and again, I know that that's completely different from a doctor telling you that if you use your leg again, there's a good chance that it's <laughs> never going to work and then hitting it off with somebody's elbow or knee or whatever. But I think you've got to be a special kind of crazy to do what you guys do. There's got to be a, and again, there's, there's, there always will be a respect for anybody that, that enters any sort of matted area or ring but there's a respect when people go in but like you guys do, and do we see a number of years ago uh, I worked inside a guy uh, who was doing uh, semi-contact karate and he <coughs> says look you want to come along and watch me I'm like yeah sure and uh, so just, I was sitting in like what's the sports center I'm just sitting in the stand watching and uh, somebody's quite interesting like they were doing like the the cats yep. and there was I think it was three girls teenage girls and they were obviously doing a, like a synchronised thing yep. and it was fun to watch uh-huh. I mean really it looked phenomenal they were very skillful and he's like ah, he says do you want to join in I was like ah, what he says like well, I've got a team thing do you fancy join in I was like ah, I'll get disqualified in the first 15 seconds, but it kept me going through. And he's like, ah, I was only kidding. I was like, okay. Right. Now, ended up, I had, I had to go over there. I was working. I had to shoot. Because I've never seen him, him competing. And he went to work the next day. Absolutely smashed the bits. Yeah. Oh, and I can believe it. And I'm like, yeah. do you know what? See if you had actually been trained in Thai boxing. You're going to be chances are you're going to be as injured as that. Yeah, yeah. I see, because to me they were, they were like getting in on the assumption that they're only going to get hit with significant shots. Yeah. And so they, I think that their mindset is more on getting their shots in. Yeah. Whereas we know that there's somebody who spent six weeks ready to. Um, Put my put the, or a body all around that ring, yeah. So you're really concentrate, not just on your your, your attack, your defense, and your protect your beard, Stevie. Yeah, protect your beard, protect your beard, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, um, <laughs> yeah, whatever works. Um, it's oh. in genuinely like I've had guys in first, you know, a few Thai boxing fights without shin guards and that one, and one lose draw, they came out with a lot less injuries than this guy does. This guy yeah. does. And I went, is that normal? He says, I broke ribs. Yeah. I've, brought, I've, I've obviously fought the, the semi-contact. And, and again, my students listen to this. I've got to laugh because I went on and on and on about this. But you heard it. And you heard it within the, the hall that we were in. Stepped in on a kick. And as soon as I got hit, I heard the pop. And it was agony. And that was <laughs> semi-contact. Yeah. Uh, You've got to be a special kind of crazy to do what we do, but yeah. we love every second of it. The, um, I was, um, a couple of years ago, I was in the gym, started doing PTs with Eagles, and I was at PT with Eagles, and we're sparring, in five rounds sparring. In the third, he just walked in with his left hand, caught me right in the button, and right in the cross, I hung on him. Um, and the bell went, I was, but I was like, a wee bit walked. In the last round, left body shot, 
and it, again, it was like five seconds to him to around. Yeah. Then I went, like, dropped like a stone, knocked the wind clean out of me. And he went to particularly powerful one. And once I got my breath back, he's sitting there talking to me, and I went, is there something fucking wrong with us? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? I went, when you caught me with that body shot, if I could have spoken, what you would have heard on the way down was fucking belter, mate. <laughs> I know, I hear you. And he's like, uh, and, and what he says is true, he says, it makes you feel alive. Yeah. And that's that's it. Is you put yourself out in quite an extreme sometimes, not so much sparring, but you know, you're, you're pushing yourself, whether it's in the gym, sparring, pads, pads, there's always somebody pushing you. Whether you're in semi contact, getting behind you, it's like there's, there's a feeling, it's nothing like it. You feel alive. I love I love this sport. I love being in it. I love being at shows, even if we get fighters on, you just watch it, being in changing rooms, meeting up with mates, and then in the ring, I mean, like, I mean after all these years, I still get hyper in the corner, which I kind of need to take down things, but um, I still get the passion for it. Yep. And it makes, you, it, it makes you feel alive. And I, I love that feeling, um, and that's why I, you know, I don't think quite any time soon. That's that. That's exactly where we should quit this podcast because we won't we won't sum it up any better than that. <laughs> uh, it does. It makes it makes you feel alive, uh, which is always a good thing. Right, Stevie. Uh, thank you. We'll just do our usual when we when we, we launch this probably in a couple of days. Uh, this will be episode seven of the new podcast, so it's uh, it's picking up a bit of steam, which is good. So uh, I'll catch up with you soon, my friend. All right. Hello. Yeah. Have a good one. We'll see you right. soon. See you, see you later, soon. David. Take care, buddy. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Bye.